Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy. Hey, it's your boy DJ Wolf here live with Lil B. Finally got back on the air with me tonight. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, guys. Uh, first thing first, uh, we're going to talk about the review on the Black Panther. We're going to talk about the mess that's going on with that Florida shooting along with the thing that's going on with the uh, disaster at that uh, college um, about the, uh, the walkway. That was that was ridiculous what happened down there. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, crazy-ass Monique from out here in the DMV, man. I, <laughs> we could talk about that for days on end. Um, so <laughs> anyway, guys, let's get it in. Let's go. Yo, it's your boy, your DJ Wolf here live in the studio, bringing you the best contents of the Spreaker channel, baby. Oh yeah, it's DJ Wolf on and popping live, baby. Live, all the way live. Don't even have to walk. Don't even have to drive. This is your boy DJ Wolf here telling you to stay positive, stay focused, everybody. Because you have a shot at stardom like anybody else in this country. So don't let one monkey or anybody stop the show for you. It's on and popping. Let's get this show rocking here. It's the DJ Wolf Show live. Coming your way live. Live, all the way live. Tell them, announcer. Ladies and gentlemen. This is the DJ Wolf Show. In progress, right now. DJ Wolf Live. Uh, for all to hear TV and Spreaker. The best content. Thought-provoking. Honest, meaningful conversations. With your host, the one and only. Here he is. Live. Your boy. The one and only, the great one, the live one, the one and only on DJ Wolf Live here on For All to Hear TV and Spreaker on YouTube and Spreaker Live. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from the DMV and around the world, baby, it's the one and only. Here we go. The D, the J. Wolf, Wolf. and gentlemen, boys and girls, live on DJ Wolf Live.
It's the one and only DJ Wolf. Here's DJ Wolf. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Oh, yeah. It's your boy, DJ Wolf, live up in this Mickey piece today, baby. Yeah. <laughs> now, I got my uh, special guest and our partner in crime, Lil B. What's up, man? What's up, DJ Wolf? What's going on, buddy? How much? Yeah, I know we were talking last night, man. You said you uh, took your girl out to... Uh, Go see uh, Black Panther, man. How was it? Yeah, finally got a chance to go see Black Panther, and it wasn't that movie. I think it, the hype actually was a lot greater than the movie itself, but uh -huh. still a great superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was pretty good. I mean, you know, it, it had a couple of things that I had a uh, couple of issues with. I mean, considering it was a you know fantasy movie, but... I liked it. I think the cast was perfect. I I, I, I I really do. I couldn't say much else about the cast. The cast was absolutely perfect. I, I, I you know, <laughs> it was good. The visuals were excellent. I mean, it was very, definitely. yeah, I mean, it was definitely a high uh, production, high value movie. And it's already yeah. made over a billion dollars. What were you going to say? Yeah, it's already, I think it's the 17th highest grossing movie of all time. Wow. Maybe, I think it's like, not sure if it's 17th, but it's like the top 20. Mm -hmm. So it was getting up there. I mean, it's still in theater, so it may get a little further up the list in yeah. the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you said there, were a couple, there was a nice crowd in there last night. Yeah, even now. And it's already been released for, it's already been out for about a month. So. Yeah. Cause I know Even I went. Now people are still flocking to the theaters to go see it. Wow! Cause I was there. Uh, I went the second week out here in Maryland, and uh, me and your moms, man, we sat all the way in the front. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we still got a good view of the movie, but it was it was. I mean, it was, I, I loved it. I mean, there are some things I could point out by it. I mean, okay, for you guys who haven't seen the movie yet, and probably might be someone want to go see it again, but. This is a spoiler alert. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, personally, we talked about it off the air. Personally, I think that T'Challa character didn't have enough backbone and Killmonger was more like a hero than a villain on some level. You know what I mean? It just, it just came off a little bit odd. But then I thought about it, considering Black Panther was originally written by a white guy. Okay, number one. Number two, I guess he probably thinking, okay, maybe that's how he originally wrote the uh, the uh, comic book to make Black Panther look like a complete tyrant, and the bad guy, the who was actually the hero, looked like a bad guy. That may have been intentional. Now I think about it. You know what I mean? I mean, Black Panther, 
Well, I mean, no, Panther didn't. I mean, he didn't come off like a tyrant, but he just, I don't know. He, how can I put it? I mean, I mean well, he, you know, he didn't want to share. I mean, the only thing I noticed was he felt like he was entitled to the throne. Yeah. But that was because his father his father held the throne, right? Yeah, his father was the one that originally held, held, held the title of the throne. Yeah, so essentially he was, I guess he was... In line, eventually he was in his line. His successor, yeah. Right. Exactly. But, but the vibranium part where they could have shared that knowledge with other countries, I, could, I understand... One reason why, because the enemies could have used it against them, which is the one of the reasons why they initially did not want to do that. And that I can understand, you know, but uh, what it was that uh, T'Challa's uncle, who was uh, Mm -hmm. Killmonger's dad, felt that they should have been sharing that knowledge and some of that wealth with other Africans around the world, particularly out in the United States. And that's what his issue was, which is uh, why uh, T'Challa's dad punished him or, you know, knocked him off for that reason, because he did not want that vibranium to get out, which eventually it did. Yeah. But, um, I mean, for the most part, I thought it was a good movie. I really did. Now, you know, they're, they're already talking sequel. Yeah, I've heard little little rumors and things about it, but I don't think the the director, Ryan Coogler, I don't think he's directly acknowledged any sequels in the works. Um, yeah, uh, he may have not uh, directly acknowledged the sequels in the works because he may not have been picked to do the sequel. You know, That's very true as well. Yeah, he may not be directing the sequel. Uh-huh. But overall, guys, I'm, I'm going to say this right quick. It's a great film. It's a beautifully shot film. I mean, I mean, I can't say much. I can't really say a whole lot bad. There are a couple of things that I had issues with, but it, overall, it was a great movie. It really was good. Not to a point where I was going to be dressed up in African garb, but it was good. You know, exactly. Because I am an African American, but you have people dressing up talking about Wakanda. But you have to understand if you if you're in the in the in the thing with Wakanda for the character, understand that this is a fictional film. You know, and we, I saw one, well, I don't know if you saw it, B, uh, where you saw uh, a teacher took her entire school class to go see the movie. You know, like yeah, it was an actual history. Yeah, right. It was like it was a history lesson. This is not a history lesson. If anything, uh, you better t- teach these kids the difference between Wakanda and uh, someplace like uh, Johannesburg or someplace in Africa that really does exist. Right. Yeah. That. This is this is fiction. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's a great movie and it depicts African Americans in a in a great light, but right. Still, fiction doesn't replace history. Exactly. Exactly. And it shouldn't replace history. Uh. Uh-uh. That's why. I, well, I, you know, I did a podcast a while back saying, uh, you know, the Black Panther is a great film, but when you want to learn history about real history, read a book. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Because that's where you want to get the knowledge at. Read from scholars who actually know about the history of African culture. You know, don't get it mixed up with Wakanda. We would love to see a Wakanda. But, you know, this world ain't ready for it. If it really happened. You know what I'm saying? Well, you could think of 
Wakanda is like this. It's pretty much African Americans' utopia. Yeah, yeah. I would say that on some level, yeah. But um, it's sort of like our utopia. Uh huh. I I loved it. Like I said, I'm surprised. Well, you know, BET uh, several years ago came out with uh, their own uh, version of Black Panther, the series. It wasn't on for about I think a season two, and it was it was two other it was two more years before I even two or three more years before I even found out that. BT ever had on television? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so you know it was on Netflix. Matter of fact, uh, BT re-released it, uh, the entire series on uh, YouTube. I, I was watching it the other night. Yeah. Yeah, but it, the animation on it is pretty good. You know, coming from BT is very good. Matter of fact, but um, I like to get it on DVD. I'm actually might make sure I get that on DVD. But uh, right now, guys, I know uh, Black Panther will be back in. Infinity Wars, and from what I saw in the trailer, and for from rumors that I heard, they're gonna couple, be a couple of characters, main characters uh, in the Avengers. Uh, they're gonna be knocked off. Well, I mean, knocked off, killed. The character's gonna be killed. We don't know which ones yet. I have an idea of at least three of them because I saw uh, an animated version of it. And I have an idea about it. I ain't saying nothing. So, but it's gonna be very good, I believe. Definitely gonna see it it's coming. I think it's coming out Memorial Day weekend. So I definitely wanna see it. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, uh, I saw what did I see? Um, I ain't seen too many movies in a while. I want to go see uh, Death Wish with uh, Bruce Willis. That actually looks pretty good. I said, oh, were we going to say something? Is this supposed to be like sort of a, is this supposed to have some sort of comedic humor element to it? <laughs> um, It might have a little bit, but uh, I, what it is is a reboot of the 1974 version of of uh, the movie that uh, Charles Bronson did. Definitely. He was famous for that. He did like five of them. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I just see, I just, find it hard to envision Bruce Willis is playing that character. Uh-huh. Charles Bronson in the movie was sort of a straight shooter. Yeah, that's he true. Pretty, he was pretty serious in the movie. Yeah, Bronson was <laughs> like that. Willis. But you know, Bronson, Charles Bronson, you know, he you know he had been an actor for for many, many decades, man. He man, he started out uh, in the 50s. And uh, yeah. he he did. He did a dozens of westerns and movies like that before. He's always he had always been a straight shooter like that for many, many years in films. You know. Bruce Willis, you know he. If you watch this earlier uh, series, Moonlighting, that he always had that little wisecracking shit in a lot of his movies. You know, so that's nothing new. Yeah. Mm. There's always some sort of comedic element. Like, right. Like yeah. That, that's 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 which I, I like. I actually enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> like that, right? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But um, speaking of comedians, we're walking into it already. Um, mm -hmm. Monique. Now, this is a subject I talked about for about two months now. They're still talking about it. I mean, still talking about it. Everybody's been talking about it. I mean, on, uh, I don't know, Spreaker, but YouTube, everybody's been talking about it. I talked about it. Tommy talked about it. Five Show talked about it. TBA did two shows about it. I did about five of them about it. Um, um, who else? Uh, Diamond K, uh, out here, be more mad from her hometown, talked about it on his uh, uh podcast. Uh, 
I mean, everybody's been talking. Everybody, every YouTuber I follow has been has been on this. And uh, pretty much. Yeah, and and it's like, I mean, one thing I I will give her credit for. She's generated enough buzz that people are paying attention to her again. Let's put it like that. Um, if you guys had a huh? I was saying, yeah, you know, like they like the saying goes, uh, you know, bad publicity is what's it? All publicity is good publicity. <laughs> you know, that's kind of true. You know, because either way, somebody's gonna pay attention to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, like all controversy. Controversy is not always, for most parts, not good, but in a lot of cases, it sells. You know. Exactly. Um, but I was gonna say to the uh, my my. Uh, Listening and viewing audience, if you already, unless you've been crowded under a rock, Monique uh, went to Netflix some time ago and she made a deal or tried to get a deal with Netflix and only Netflix. Uh, nah, that's another whole story. <laughs> because she saw that the likes of uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and uh, for lesser known, as far as I'm concerned, Amy Schumer got paid big time, you know. And lest we forget, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, pretty much their entire careers have done comedy. Okay, Chris Rock started out as a stand-up back in the late '80s, worked his way up to the top, started doing Saturday Night Live, left Saturday Night Live, did an HBO show. For five years, a lot of people don't even know that. I got this entire the, the entire five years on DVD. I only watched like three episodes on there. But I used to watch it on the regular, you know, when it was on HBO. And then he uh years later, he uh wrote uh, he just he started to do it. He did a couple of other big uh time stand up specials uh between HBO and Showtime. I mean, and they were he was killing them. He was selling out everywhere. And then he settled down for a while and did uh wrote the series Everybody Hates Chris. You know, that's a show me and you used to watch all the time. It's still a very funny show. I mean, there's not an epic, it's not a, put like this, Everybody Hates Chris is one of them shows where there was not a funny episode. You know what I mean? Do you agree? Yeah, every episode was funny. Every, every episode on it was funny. Every one. Now, what I don't understand, it was only on for four seasons. I, 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 I scratched my head. I was like, man, this show was, he could have kept that show going for another four or five years if he really wanted. I, I, I think he didn't want to do that. You know? He could have, but I think part of it is he, he may have been, same with Dave Chappelle. He might have been, creatively, he may have been drained from having to do so much, such as writing, producing, writing and producing the show. Right. I think he was involved in it a lot and it probably drained, probably took a lot out of him in other words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that. I mean, I, and after all, uh, Chris, one thing about Chris Rock, I think he, he don't, you know, he, he's, he's such a creative, he's a very creative mind. Regardless of what you think about some of his movies. Okay. And same thing with Dave Chappelle, you know, Dave Chappelle started out doing, uh, uh, comedy, then he got a sitcom deal with ABC, just like a lot of them, they get that you know, little production deals, and then they go through or don't go, go through, they get paid. Uh, because they happened in Arsenio Hall after he left his show. And uh, so Dave Chappelle uh, started his thing on Comedy Central. And that show <laughs> was a runaway hit, you know. And then 
after that, he didn't do showbiz for a while, but came back, started doing comedy tours, and, you know, gains momentum. He's a big deal again. Amy Schumer, you know, you know, she's the niece of uh, Senator Charles Schumer. Uh, and I'm not, be honest, I've never actually watched the dude stand up. I've seen her in a couple of commercials where I thought she was pretty funny. I don't care what anybody say. And I noticed the debate going around like, well, she ain't funny as Monique. Well, you know, Monique's funny. But Monique is one dimensional as far as I'm concerned. I'm sorry. She is one dimensional. She's a one dimensional type of comic. And I've seen two of her stand ups. And I don't know if a lot of stand up, big time stand up specials that she's ever done. Other than the two I saw, which was the Queens of Comedy. And what was the other one? Uh, uh, I'm your, uh, if I'm your cellmate or something like that. And she was actually funny in the Queens of Comedy to me. You know. Yeah, she was pretty funny. Yeah, Even she, with Parker, she was funny. Oh, my. Parker. Oh, yeah, I forgot the Parker. Parker, she was, man, she was brilliant. In Parker. I had me stitches all the time. Professor! Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want? Uh, however, those show, those, that show and that movie was years ago. Right, exactly. And, you know, and I hate to say it, man. I love my people. But let's be honest. Every time, you know, you see somebody like Monique on there, she reminds y'all of what the struggle is. I could probably understand the identification of that. What I don't understand is the fact that Monique did build herself up. Now, Monique, as long as she's been out there for years, she's had uh, sitcoms, uh, talk shows, they've been in some, some, you know, some um, popular films. Okay. From what I gather, she's only actually had two lead roles. In, well, really, not even, I don't even think two, was it really? I heard of two. But guess what? Which one of them wasn't? Precious. She wasn't a lead in Precious, okay? She was leading a movie called Fat Girls, and she was leading another movie that I still haven't seen yet. Um, but everything else, supporting actress, okay? Her comedy tours ain't been known to make a lot of money. Her comedy tours ain't been known to, to, to sell out everywhere. Not that I know of. You know? Not that anybody knows of. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, I, I, and, 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 and I'm going to say this on the side. If you have any documented proof, please do send it to me, djwolflive at aol.com and djwolflive on Facebook and djwolflive at gmail.com because I would like to see that. I think she could do she could do us all uh, a better favor and just post it online. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, here's my thing. On Twitter or Instagram or something. <laughs> exactly. She could be doing all kinds of stuff. Now, I noticed a couple other things. Now, I've been watching this. I've been paying close attention to this for the last two months. One of the things I noticed about Monique, there's a play, or the play, uh, Barbershop, uh, uh, it's going to be a play about what's supposed to be. I don't know if it's even out, to tell you the truth. I've been hearing about it for weeks and weeks on end. She's involved with, with the play, a Barbershop, which is based on the movie, loosely based right. on it. Do you know all the interviews I've seen? I've seen, well, she did Breakfast Club, 
She did a, who else? She did a, a, a interview on the West Coast. She did a couple of interviews on her own out, out this way. I've seen on uh, um, uh, uh, Periscope. And, oh, she was on Sway in the Morning. I've seen on several interviews in the last two months. Oh, yeah. And The View. She never mentioned from what I saw. Now, one thing about that play. And that play supposed to be not this much. Ain't said a word about it. She's on tour talking about her Netflix deal. She's on tour talking about how she's been the victim of, uh, from the, the big uh, bad bosses at Netflix for not giving her what she want. All right. Now, this will really trip me out. Now, her and her husband uh, negotiated a deal. Was trying to negotiate with a deal with Netflix. I, I still don't know exactly how much how much money was she actually trying to get from Netflix. What do you know? How much money? Yeah, how much money? How what kind of deal was she really trying to get from Netflix? I don't think she had, they had any idea of what kind of deal they were trying to get from Netflix. Mm-hmm. All I know is that the deal that Netflix had offered them wouldn't suffice. <laughs> right, and that's what I understand because. Her argument was, well, Chris Rock got this much millions and Dave Chappelle got this much and uh, Amy Schumer got this much. Well, she really didn't even talk about Amy Schumer. Really. She was talking about Chris Rock and uh, Dave Chappelle. And yes, she was talking about, uh, uh, did she say, did she say was racism involved or something? Colorism? Well, I mean, her main argument was, well, yeah, it was racism. That was her argument. Right. Complete farce because. I- right. Because what? Hello? Are you still on the phone? Hello? Oh, don't tell me I lost him, man. We were a good conversation. Yo! You still there, B? Oh, damn. We must have got disconnected. You know what? Let me do this. Oh, hold on. I'm going to call you back. Let me call you back. This is what I'm going to do. I got to turn my other phone on because we were in a really good conversation talking about uh, uh, Monique. And <laughs> really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like speechless about the whole... Oh, damn, I forgot that. I'm, I'm speechless about that entire situation with her because here she is crying about butter biscuits again. Okay. She's been doing that for the longest time, and it's getting on my freaking nerves. I forgot I can't call him on that phone. All right, let me try calling him on my tablet again. Uh, shoot. But it's, it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, again, I could talk about this all day about her because she is, she is such a trip, man. She really is. She is a stone trip. Let me see if I call him back again. I gotta rock my phone because I accidentally will hit the end button with my face. Okay, I'm sorry, man. But well, we were talking about uh, Monique, right? And we were talking about yeah. oh, we were talking about the negotiation that she was trying to do. And oh, we were talking about oh, she was trying to say colorism and feminism and all that, all that other bullshit she was talking about, man. And don't get me right. wrong, I like Monique. I've always thought she was a very funny, talented woman. You know. But she, one thing she forgot about before I, I get to the thing about the money situation again, 
she forgot that the one thing all of these comics had in common along with her, that they're all comedians. But the difference was the last several years, she wasn't doing comedy consistently like that. She wasn't yeah, selling out like that. That's a known fact. But people don't want, but all these, and I, I hear people say, give her a million dollars. Go ahead and give her that money. My thing of it is, right, go ahead. No, you got it. Well, my thing of it is, what's she going to do? Why y'all so harping on her getting the money? Because it ain't going to make a difference if she gets the money now. She ain't going to give you none. <laughs> That's for damn sure. You know? So you're fighting, you're fighting for her fight. Yeah. You know, I mean, you won't even fight for your for your fight. Time out. I fight for the sisters of the future to make sure that you know they, they won't get gypped and all that other shit. Personally, I'm this. This is me. Five hundred thousand dollars for one gig, is, even though it may be chicken feed to you because you probably spend money like water. But five hundred thousand for one gig is pretty damn good. You know, impressive. It's extremely impressive. That's more than that's a hell of a lot more than I get in one year. I tell you that for a salary. She's on a one damn gig. You know, first of all, you're a comedian, okay, and you get gigs like you get contract jobs. That's what that is, okay. You're a contract player. Even in Hollywood, that's what you are. You're really a contract player, okay. You get a three, uh, what do they call it, three picture deal, something like that, and you get so much money off of it, you know. And the whole thing, the the, the downside with her started when she did Precious, when she offered to do Precious for fifty thousand dollars. Then she turned around and complained about the fact that she did it for fifty thousand dollars, and she had to uh, fly to go promote the movie overseas. At, uh, I think it was Cannes, Cannes Film Festival, I believe. What they call it? And yeah, you know, okay. And I'm thinking, you offered to do, you offered to take the money for fifty thousand dollars to do movie, and then tomorrow, well, I want to take off spend time with my family. And I'm like, you gotta promote the movie. The movie just came out. <laughs> and and Whoopi, that's uh, how that works, right? And <laughs> and Whoopi on the View uh, about two weeks two weeks ago told her just that too. You know. And that's where I understood where Lee Daniels was saying, you got to play the game. Now, playing the game doesn't mean you being a sucker. Playing the game means you have to actually, I mean, people, there are people on the job that they would do it every day, play the game. They have to. You got to smile for people. Hey, how you doing? You know, you got to talk pleasantries all the time, you know. You might not like these people at all. <laughs> right, exactly. I know the feeling. You know? Most of the time, you don't like the people you work with. <laughs> That's true, but you but you do it to... Uh, I'll talk to you about that later. I, anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, you do it to, number one, uh, have uh, peace within the heart and keep harmony within the, the position in the job that you're in so that you guys right. can continue to be successful in what you do. You know, and if you're a contractor or not, keep it going. You know, and so you do have to play the game. That's part of the game of life. When you try to get along, when you have to get along with people, I'm screaming out. When you have to get along with people, 
You know, that's like church. I can go, I, man, we can talk all day about that. That's, I'm going to get to that in a minute, too. Uh, well, matter of fact, let me get into that right now for just a second, if you don't mind. You don't mind, do you? No, you Because we're going to come right back to morning, guys. Want, because, you know, uh, um, I was talking about that with your mom. I said, you know, and we were talking about how some days, some members, they, you know, they could, you know, be, you know, be, you know, be on the, you know, be on the good grind, and we 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 cool and stuff. And the next week, it's like I didn't know you was there. And, and today, yeah, what? Like, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's, it's almost like you're starting a new. It's almost like new slate. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like they like they change. I don't know. It's people in church can be fickle, but I'll, I'll let you go ahead. I yeah. and, and, and I'm seriously because I noticed that today. I was like, wait a minute. So, and some people who who do that did, but they want that today. People who usually don't do that with me. You know, right. it's not that I don't like church. I love church. I love a praise of the Lord. I really do. You know, I've been going to church off and on, you know, uh, on a regular off and on since I was 14. You know, I got baptized in 1979. So, and I love it. I love singing for a church. I mean, I could tell, I, well, I'm, I, I probably will tell a whole story about why I started Brisbane's not going, but that's another story too. But, <sighs> You know, people feel some kind of way around there, but it shouldn't like to stop you from getting trying to get your joy. That's the point I'm trying to make. You know, right? And I got to a point in the last few years because I wasn't going to go back. Um, when I was asked, to, you know, to, to join the choir, I wasn't going to go back. I was just going, just you know, just to get out the house. But I got used to it, and I got to a point now where I just don't worry about what people think or say. I'm there to praise the Lord. You know. And one of the things I found out for me when I do go to church, it seems like my my week seems to go a little bit better. At least it, it allows me to start off the week dealing with it a lot better than I usually would have had I not gone. Let's put it like that. Because you. Before, I'm sorry, what? I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, because I found out that I do feel a little bit better getting to work on Monday is better than I do when I don't go. Because usually when I don't go, I'll be thinking, oh, damn, go to job. <laughs> you know? But on Monday, I just don't say, I just like, just go and get up and go. You know? Get out of the way. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I look at it when I go to church. I don't worry about what people say no more. I don't give a damn about all of that. You know? Because if I really cared about that to that point, I wouldn't go at all. And that's the way you have to look at it. Because I know there's a lot of people that don't go to church because they feel like, well, you gonna say this about me, or you gonna say it about me, and, you know, and you know, and when I was younger, I did feel that way, you know, I, you know, I, I, and then folks at home, you know, one of my folks, one of the parents at home was, you know, you know what I'm talking about, kind of felt like, hey, yeah, 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 I know, yeah, I, I know the whole situation, right, right, you know, you were not, you shouldn't be doing that because you probably been making this out of you and all that. It's like you know, we're just stupid. It's just stupid. You didn't want to be there. You didn't want to support me and. I don't know. I just—it's a long story. I won't get into that. But what I'm trying to say is, um, Monique has to get past all that bullshit. You do have to play the game. That's how you survive in this world. You know, there's people you won't like. There's people who ain't gonna like you. You know, that's just how it is. It's called life. Exactly. You got a woman up, a man up on it. You know. And like I, mean, I said, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say, you know, she she just feels like she's not getting what she's worth. Right. And that's not totally true. Mm-hmm. Next, Netflix, like numerous, you know, media personalities have said they do, I'm sure they do a lot of research and they have analytics or, you know, data to support the deal that they offered you. Right, exactly. <laughs> they didn't just come up with a figure and say, here you go, we'll, we'll offer you 500000 to do a comedy special. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. They feel this, this is your worth at this point in time. Right, right, exactly. And I think of it is you have to bring it to bring it. That's far I'm concerned. Now, some people are talking about, well, D. Ray Davis, you know, he got, got so much. Why the fuck you worry about what he doing? Or Tiffany has? Why was she doing? Well, first of all, D. Ray Davis has been in the game for a while, and he is a funny dude. Now, I'm saying that yeah, he, he is funny. Yeah, he's a pretty funny guy. And I have said, yeah, I'm saying thing Tiffany has. Well, I take, take that back. I have seen anything he do, he's done in a while. But here's the thing. The one thing all those guys I mentioned, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, D. Ray Davis, and Tiffany Hash have in common, they've all been consistently doing comedy. Monique has not been doing that. Like I said, she only, she's only been uh, uh, had two, a couple of lead roles in, 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 in a couple of movies. Everything else has been supporting actors. Even in the last one that she did, which was almost Christmas. Okay. And she has right. She has supporting role in that. She wasn't even starring in that movie. But yet you're gonna ask about people talking about I um look at my resume. Fuck your resume. And I, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but look, even with what we do, what I do, and every, you know, and you know, people's jobs uh are are based on resumes, but it's also based on what you know now. It's on based on what Thank you me. do now. I'm telling you for a fact, because I've been on job interviews. Where uh, uh, an employer said, well, "Well, do you know about this?" And I was like, "No." Nah. They said, "Well, this is what we're doing now, okay." And a lot of times, if you ain't up on what they're currently doing, chances are they ain't gonna hire you. I'm just telling you for a fact, no. you know, no, because they can get some. They can get somebody that does know what they're doing, right? Who knows their product? Who knows what they currently are looking for? Exactly. They don't want to train. They don't want to spend extra money to train you to do to learn how to do this when he can get somebody that's already done it, who has successfully shown they do know how to do it. Exactly. It would make sense. Right. And comedy is one of them. You know, Monique, honestly, she's one-dimensional. And I've heard how they try to say about Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, oh, they, their comedy caters to a white audience. That's not necessarily true, because if that's the case, then Monique's a coon. Because well, go ahead. This is what we can't say about those two. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle and and uh, Chris Rock—they have huge white followings. Correct. You could sort of say they transcend race. I guess their their comedy transcends race because people from all spectrums of people from all racial groups, ethnic groups, find their comedy funny. Mm-hmm. Monique, the only people that really find her comedy funny, from what I notice, is the black community. <laughs> right. Outside and, of the black community, I don't, I don't think I've met too many people that have found her comedy 
actually funny. Right. I mean, I'll get to that in a second. But the thing of it is, it's kind of ironic that Monique wants that to get, get paid like those guys, but you're not willing to step up your game and build your brand. That's why Kevin Hart is successful. Because Kevin Hart said, I'm not just going to be just a comedian. I'm going to be a comedian that's going to change the fucking game in Hollywood. And really, he has done that. Love him or hate him. And I told people back in 2004 when he did Soul Plane. Okay? Because that was the first movie I saw. Him. I didn't know he had did a movie, a couple movies before that in the TV show prior to that. But, well, remember Paper Soldiers? Yeah, right, right, exactly. I saw Paper Soldiers later on. But I didn't, I didn't know anything about oh, Paper Soldiers. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know about Paper Soldiers after I saw Soul Plane. And although I don't think Soul Plane was his funniest film in terms of him being in it, it was a funny movie. You know? No. Not, at least not his, his, his role wasn't necessarily funny. Right, right. Because he, he was playing a little bit more of a straight guy in that movie. You know, I well, would say that. Sort of. Yeah, well, he, he, he was sort of playing a guy that just came up on some money. Right, right. <laughs> and bought his own airline. Mm-hmm. Right. But nevertheless, I knew he was going to be a big deal even when he did that movie with the type of role that he was in. I knew that because I could see it. You yeah, you, you could see it in him. And he had star potential written all over him. And you know what? I've been pretty good about that. I'm not going to lie. I've been very good about picking people like that. Eddie Murphy was the first one I did with that with. I didn't even know he was. He started out doing comedy at 15. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he started out yeah. Right. Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Jim Carrey. I picked all those guys. Wayne's. Well, we know about Wayne's. That's not the whole story. But I picked but all. When you look at those guys, when you when you look at all those guys, though, they have a certain uh, allure around them. Like you can tell, they're destined for something great in entertainment. Right. They can turn it on at any minute, so you mm-hmm. can tell like those guys got it. They got that it factor. Right now, you it's tell now one I pick, and this was way before they even before they even call him the next big superstar was Will Smith. There's no joke. I was in the military. In '87, when I heard heard his first two albums, and I listened to him, I said, "This brother going places." I told people that there, and I'm, and I'm not I'm not just saying this. I know some people are like, "Yeah, you ain't yeah, you just saying that now." No, I've been said I said that 30 years ago that Will Smith was going to be a huge deal. I sure did. Yeah, but yeah, you can tell, and yeah, it's it's, it's like with Drake. You can like even when he was first starting to come on after doing that. TV show Degrassi, when he was first starting to get into the rap game, you can tell like he was going to be, it's going to be huge. And that's the show you used to watch. I never watched it. Yeah, I used to watch that show all the time. Mm-hmm. Good show, actually. You're right. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, and like I said, I'm not saying that Monique is not talented. I'm not saying that she, you know, can't hold her own comic because I've actually watched some old stuff that she did with uh, Uptown Comic. Uh, comedy club, uh, Tracy Morgan, her, uh, who was the uh, Ricky Smiley? I think who else? It was a bunch of others on there too, man. They 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 started they they built their careers off that show. All of them did. Mm-hmm. And but like I said, um, the negotiation part where she screwed up. Her husband is not. I don't think he's a, a really professional negotiator. I don't. Know, he he couldn't. It was an interview that I heard him do where he couldn't really validate what, what big negotiations he he's ever done. You know, nothing he I don't, know. I, 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 I don't know what his deal is. He 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 just happened to come up and marry Monique and 
I guess he's milking this situation. That's what he's doing. <laughs> and then I'm understand. I thought I, I heard she said that that was her. This is her third marriage. Now I thought yeah, she was married twice. Oh wow. I I believe this is her third marriage. I haven't looked it up. I yeah, no, she said that. She said it on the view. Matter of fact. And my thing is, for her to try to validate herself compared to those guys, she don't have a leg to stand on. I'm sorry. People can say what the fuck they want, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, but she does not have any valid reason to say, I'm a legend like these guys are, and I'm the most decorated female in comedy. But I could tell you one comedian who I think is funnier than her. And you may or may not agree, but that's fine. Some more. I haven't really paid attention to her stand-up comedy like oh, that. Oh, man, you got you to watch her. Some more is a beast, man, yeah. I'll tell you. Some more, I would say to a certain degree, Cheryl Underwood. Cheryl Underwood's okay. Yeah. But for certain, some more. First of all, some more is beautiful. Yeah. She come on very late, like even her comedy. Monique don't always come. You, you do you ever heard Monique do some some comedy for real? She comes off like a dude. Exactly. She come off like very a, filthy, like man. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. She come on. I, 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 we ain't talking. We, we ain't talking about anything that ain't been heard about her. Or if you actually listen, watch the comedy, you know what we're talking about because that is fact. Okay. So we ain't saying nothing out of turn. Let's put it like that. It's all facts. And I, and I watched some more several times when she used to host Comic View and did her own specials, man. Samore is a beast. I think Samore really is one of the underrated, most underrated female comic, comics in comedy. I really, I've always said that for years. I still do. Now, she's funny. And she has a great delivery, too. But this thing with Monique, she's like, so she got a husband who really is simping off her number one and she always called him daddy <laughs> you know <laughs> and I'm like weird. yeah that's really weird if you won't call him daddy call him daddy when y'all whatever y'all do <laughs> so, yeah love making I guess or whatever yeah right or whatever they do yeah the other thing is um notice when she's been doing all these tours all these tours and radio by my Netflix don't think she's talking about is Netflix she ain't talking about HBO. She ain't talking about Cinemax. She ain't talking about Showtime. She ain't talking about BT, TV One, CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox, nobody. CW, nobody. No, no. No deals with any of them. You know why? Why? Because none of those places have offered, have offered to even negotiate a deal with her. Right. <laughs> and, and, and what? And check this out, man. I, I watched the whole Sway interview because she did two of them. But, but the one that she did. Uh, in 2015, when they were talking about the conversation about Precious, but that's not, when, when Empire came out. And then she did one let, uh, uh, first of the year. And a guy called the show and asked her directly. He said, if you didn't get the deal you wanted with Netflix, why didn't you go to uh, HBO or even, uh, what was it, uh, Crackle or one of those other places, streaming internet services like Hulu or something like that? And she was quoted. I heard her say it. All right. Y'all could play the tape. She said, because what else is there? That's exactly what she said. Now, what does that tell you? 
that tells you Monique wasn't looking for anybody else because nobody else was interested in her but Netflix. But she's thinking, no. I'm going to get the best deal I can get out of them because everybody else did. You know what I mean? No, it don't work like that. No, no, hell no, it don't work like that. She don't get it. You know, if that's your last card, if that's your, if that's your, your pull card, then you take that motherfucker. I'm sorry. Exactly. You know, because if you said what else is there, that means nobody else is offering to you. And you knew that. Yeah. And like I said, it, 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 it's, it's a lot of money to me. And it may not be a whole lot of money to you because you've been living a Hollywood lifestyle for a long time. But I can't feel sorry for you. I, I just can't, you know. But you got black people out, some black people out here, you know, just get mad. You you feel sorry for Monique? Really? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Unbelievable. The, the, the lady that was offered a six-figure deal with Netflix and turned it down because it wasn't, she was, it wasn't what she thought she, she was worth. Right, and then on top of that, I just want to understand why would you publicly even say that? If you thought it was such a low ball deal, why the fuck would you even open your mouth to the public about that in the first damn place? That's stupid as hell. Yeah, you only humiliated yourself by doing that. Exactly. <laughs> that was just so dumb. And ass backwards. It was dumb. You know? Because for her, it was some money, but she wanted more. There's no question about that. She ain't fooling no damn body. You know? What? It's just she like... She wanted more, but it doesn't mean they're going to give her more. Exactly. You know, but she felt that she was being lowballed. No, she lowballed herself. You know? Like I said, she didn't... And, and this whole time she'd been doing this freaking tour, going around the different uh, radio stations and talking about it, she ain't cracked no jokes, and she ain't talked about the play. Even when she did oh. all... Even when she did her own Periscope thing, I didn't hear her do either one. Never mentioned all she did was all she did was complain about Netflix. Oh, the whole time, you know. And I honestly, until you told me, I didn't even know she had a place. So that's how you know she's she's screwing up because she's not even promoting the the current work she started. Right. I don't even know. And I and I, oh, I heard a rumor a couple of days ago that the play uh, uh some cities got canceled. I don't know if that's true or not. As just a rumor, allegedly. So I don't know. I have to I have to research that, and as soon as I find some information, I'm definitely gonna post it on here. But it's just I, I don't get it. And like I was saying, you got to build a brand. That's one thing about Kevin Hart. I give him credit for. Kevin Hart got. Oh, you know about Kevin Hart now, right? Kevin Hart actually uh got Jamie Foxx off of, uh. Off of uh, Sirius XM now, you know that right? He, he took over. What? Yeah, he took over. He took over. Uh, he took over the the, the Sirius XM channel that Jamie Foxx once ran called uh, the Foxhole is now being run by Kevin Hart's uh, Laugh Out Loud Network on on Sirius Radio. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Kevin Hart has a channel called Laugh Out Loud Network. It's been around for a little while. Uh he he officially launched it last year. And uh, it's been gaining a lot of ground. And he have a lot of great skits on there that he does. Uh, separate from his, you know, his uh, stand-up stuff. And, you know, stand-up stuff in movies and all that. Right. But he took over the foxhole. Uh, I think first of the year, something like that. But he still has his series. He still has his movies. 
And the movies are, you know, he's a brand, you know, he that that's a brand that he built for himself. You know, Dave Spell, Chris Rock, same thing. That's why they get those deals. You don't know if anything Monique has actually built. She didn't build nothing around the talk show she had for two years on BET. You know? Mm-hmm. And I was surprised she didn't build a brand about that. Yeah, that got kicked. They got canceled quick. Yeah. I mean, it was started. I was starting. I was starting to like it when it happened. You know, but BET, I don't know. That's another whole so We could go by all day on that about the BET as well, because that's a joke, too. You know? <laughs> but, like I said, Hollywood don't necessarily hire you based on your resume. They've never done that. You know? Do you know how many successful actors and comedians that have had great resumes and have never uh, gotten the big deals that Monique's trying to look for? You know why? Because it's not based on the resume. It's based on how hot you are. Let, look at Tony. Let me give you a prime example. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett was one of those uh, uh, singers along the line of Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. All right. He had been singing forever. He'd been singing around the same time, they, you know, roughly they started out, whatever, or sometime around that. And in the 1990s, Tony Bennett all of a sudden started getting popular again. I don't know if you knew it. Did you know about that? No, I was not, I was not aware of that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, look at MTV, man. He was on MTV all the time at that point. He was gaining ground. His, his career was resurging. He was back, man. I mean, he was doing tours like crazy, man. And guess who was going to see him? Young people. He got hot again. And he had been doing, he had been, you know, he had, he had been in show business for a long time before that happened. You know what I'm saying? What? Talking about talking about being, you know, being, you know, singer. Correct. So what I'm saying is they didn't base it off his resume. They based it on the fact that he was hot. Again. And Monique wants to base her resume on the fact that it, the movie made money. No. Uh-uh. If that was the case, you'd be in more movies. <laughs> Notice that she kept talking. And, and if you, if you, if, I don't know, did you hear the Breakfast Club interview? I did hear that actually. Yeah, the whole, yeah, you hear the whole interview because that's what she kept talking about. And I'm like, you're doing talking points about something you did two years ago. You didn't do any real stand-up comedy in a long time. A play that you have coming out, or is it supposed to be out, you ain't even talk about all the damn shows I heard you on in the past year. Never even mentioned about everything. She's talking about everything but what she's currently doing. Right, exactly. She never and she never mentioned any of them. Not one. Not none of them. What I heard, I heard all of them. Yeah, that's you know, a problem right there. If you really think about it, if she really was doing anything worth worth talking about, at least at least she would have thought it was worth talking about. The one place I would have thought she would mention it on was the view. And she didn't. <laughs> Are you here? No, I wouldn't say anything. Oh. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I would I would yeah. I mean if you really had something big to mention, you would have done it. She didn't crack jokes on there either. I saw the entire machine, you know. And the thing of it is, she's she's going down like a sinking ship. I hate to see it. 
Because I do like her as, as an actress. I do like her as a comedian. Because one thing I will say, Precious was a damn good movie. Okay. That's she good. Yeah. And she got an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. And she did the damn thing. Don't get me wrong. The thing of it is, that was just one movie that you did it on. But black people think, at least the ones I've heard on YouTube and on the radio and everywhere else, talking about, well, she an Oscar winner. She should be getting more than that. She deserved more. You look at the history of the Oscar winners the last several years, several decades. Unless you're doing some really upstanding work since the last movie you did, you're not going to get them same type of roles. You're not going to get that same kind of money. You're not going to get them same type of deals. You got to bring your A game every time because that's what you're going to respect. You're going to be held to a higher standard. You know? Now, Meryl Streep... At that point, yeah. Huh? I said at that point, yes. Yeah. Meryl Streep, now, she's not exactly my cup of tea as an actress. She's done some good roles I've seen her in. Somehow or another, she always get get big accolades. She's always getting big roles over the years. Halle Berry, who won an Oscar, Best Actress, I mean, you know, she get, you know, different roles here and there, but she's still working. She's still eating, you know? Yeah. Denzel Washington, too. Now, one thing about Denzel Washington, I'll say on a side note, I can name off six films that he should have got Academy Awards in outside the two that he did get. You know what I mean? There are a lot of movies where he he looks like he did earn an award. Like he did, like he should have been nominated and and he should have won an award for. Yeah. One of them I will say Malcolm X because, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know, Denzel Washington did two versions of Malcolm X that I saw. He did uh, Malcolm X in the 80s on a PBS special I saw him do, and he was brilliant in that. And then he did the movie version, which he was extra brilliant in. And then I saw him in other movies like The Hurricane and John uh, Q and all that. Denzel should have been nominated and won awards for every one of those movies like that, man. Because that's how good he is. You know, always A-game caliber quality actor. Monique ain't exactly A-game caliber quality comedian. She's not. That's the truth. I mean, she's not. And if you're saying Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock are carrying the white people, that's because Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock are thinking outside the box and they know their audience. Monique expecting black people to be the only ones to support her on, you're stupid. You gotta think outside the box. If you're catering for just one type of group and you know that group ain't gonna spend the kind of money that you like to see them spend, but yet you want Netflix to support you, you out your damn mind. Bottom line. Period. In this discussion. You know, <laughs> that's what I don't get. I, I just don't get it. Period. So, I'm going to say that I'm going to end that on that. And Monique, good luck. Now, as far as your husband, you need to get your new manager. But she was saying that she had white managers that didn't get where she needed to be. Apparently, your white managers were doing better than, than your husband. Let's be honest about that. Your right. husband ain't getting you nothing. <laughs> no. So, you know, she say what she want, but you're going down with a sinking ship right now, and you need to get out the hole. Bottom line, good luck to you. Fire him as your manager. Maybe not... As your husband, but as your manager, at least. He, yeah, manager, you gotta that's, go. That's not, that's, got not, that's not a good condition to have. Got to go. And that's not doing your career any good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God, man.
Mm-hmm. You know, for some reason, I ain't been watching the uh, the NCAA uh, March Madness. I ain't even played the the the, uh, the brackets, man. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not into it, man. You know, I like the pros. I like watching the pros on NBA and all that. Well, you know, we're going to a game in a few weeks anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, so. But. Uh, I mean, the thing with me is it, it changes every year. The, the teams that are hot change every year. The players change every year. Yeah. It seems and like so much work to keep up with all of them, whereas in the NBA, the, the star players, marquee players, don't really change that often. Not really. But on top of that, you got all these scams is going on in the NCAA right now. In basketball, okay, I, yeah, several scams going on. Yeah, so I, I, I that that I think that's what kind of turned me off with that man because once I heard that, I was like, damn. But then some of these guys are just playing to get buzz misses, or some of these guys ain't playing at all. You know, you don't know who. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of them want them out to do it because they feel like they're getting screwed, screwed by the NCAA. They feel like, well, we're, we're doing all this work, uh, practicing and games, traveling. And study hall, so we don't have any time for extracurricular activities or to like get a job to get money or something like that. Uh-huh. So a lot of them take money from boosters <laughs> right. or that, agents. That part I could probably understand, you know. But we, you know, we kind of know why some of them do, and I don't really want to go into that. You, oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. <clears throat> Since we're talking about that, remember the one guy? I, I think it was was it football. He got recruited for football at uh. Florida. Remember his uh, mother and grandmother wanted him to go to Alabama to play for Crimson Tide? No, his grandmother had no. If you watch the video, him, his mother and grandmother both had on Alabama uh, jerseys on, the sweatshirts. And they were gun holding yeah, And then the grandmother was able to talk to the kids during the middle of the interview. Really? You know, I thought that was messed up. <clears throat> that the mother going to go against the wishes of the son. And he has a scholarship. Okay. Why are you going to dictate where the hell he's going to go? But she said something about, well, I didn't want him on Florida because I didn't want him to get in trouble. He's likely to get in trouble wherever, where, no matter where he go, if he, you know, if he, if he ain't got his gumptions anywhere. You know, if he ain't yeah, gumptions. It don't, it don't matter what, what, whether it's Florida, Alabama, Louisiana. Right. If, if he's involved in, or if he's inclined to get in trouble, then he's going to get in trouble wherever he goes. Exactly. So when I say gumptions, I mean gumptions, like, you know, your common sense. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I don't know. I just, and, and that's not the first time I saw a mother do that. There was some a guy's mother who did that a couple of years ago. I forgot who it was. I think he had a choice between Texas A&M and another, uh, was it, uh, yeah, Louisiana's uh, college down there. And she wanted him to go to one school. He wanted to go to another. You know, but you know what that's all about. People trying to pay the mama to go, for, to get convinced him to go, go to another, uh, you know, school. You know. Probably was. The mm-hmm. They were probably in, in the mom's pocket. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of like, it was similar. Well, this is when LeBron, LeBron turned pro and his mom supposedly got some deal out of that too. But that's another story. I, I don't really know all the ramifications about that, but I heard about hurting him too. But nevertheless, man, it's just these <laughs> it's these mothers, man, trying to convince you know influence these sons' careers. And I don't think that shit is right, man. I'm gonna say it to y'all, y'all, your mamas who raise these kids by yourself. When these guys get to a certain age and they can make the decisions for themselves, stay the fuck out of the goddamn business. 
I mean, that's that's my personal opinion on it. I don't care if you like it or not. I'm just I just kind of felt some kind of way about that because I don't think that's right. Let the man, young man, be a man at that point. Let him grow up. You know, let him find his way at that point. You don't need to be in his way. Get out of it. And nine times out of ten, it's probably the best thing he does to get away to get away from the mom. Exactly. And all the crazy family members. Mm-hmm. The best that he does get out of state. Right. Yeah, for a number of reasons. Oh yeah, uh, little Ray Ray, a uh, a uh, a dog, a uh, I got a, uh, you know, I got this uh, hot idea about this car, man. You know, so I need about twenty grand, man. Would you get up in there? And uh, don't forget your uncle, you man. Get away from yeah, all these leeches, man. People who didn't do anything their whole goddamn life, but they waiting on this one guy to do it all for everybody and a cousin. I call it. You know, what I call it though. I call it the good time effect. You know. And you know what I'm talking about. You, you've seen Good Times. You've seen the reruns of the show. Yeah. Where J.J. was a J.J. <laughs> J.J. because he was the oldest child. I know from experience because I've been through that too. By so long, it's another story. Where J.J. had a lot of talent. He had a lot of potential because the mama was a maid and the brother and sister was, you know, doing the thing in school and I think uh, was either they lost their dad or before. He, no, I think it was around the time. No, it was around the same time. And JJ was the one that they put all the eggs in the basket to, you know, hope that he, you know, was paying the stuff for some money so he can get out to get pull everybody out together. It's that kind of mentality. And okay, that was a, but that but that was a different type of decade. Number one, number two, we were just getting out all that bullshit from tumultuous sixties during the civil rights era. This is forty years later, and people still doing that. Yeah, nowadays you don't have any excuse. I'm sorry, you don't. Reason why I say that because I went to you know to job corps and stuff like that, and I went to college, I went to military, and all that. I didn't. I did this on my own. All right. Now, I kind of think that it's unfair to have one to expect one child or uh, son or one daughter to be the one that pull everybody out when you ain't teaching the same values to other kids. I've seen that. Well, A, it's, well, A, it's not that child's responsibility to get everybody else out. out right. But there are people... How who, didn't, oh, great. I'm sorry. No, you got it. But there are people who feel that way. You know, I got family members are, who, who felt that way about me. And to this day... You know. yeah, I'm sure that people people that, that still feel that way. It's, it's probably, I mean, you said the good times are fact is they're crabs in a the barrel. There you go. That's really what that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they yeah. expect because you got out and you had you had some success. You're supposed to pull them out. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work to, like that, right? But it's like they don't have to work that hard to do it. They're just going to wait on see what you will do because they're not really trying to get out. They're just looking for an easy way to get out. Right. They're looking they're for looking a schedule. Ride your, ride your, Ride your coattail of success to get out of the hood or get out of their situation. And looking for a scapegoat. So I'm going to tell y'all, and this is me. This is me, DJ Wolf, saying this to all y'all young people out here about to graduate high school and college. If you want to move away from your family to become, to do better than what you need to do, because I did it, then you do that. I'm going to say that right up front. Because you got too many members out here of families who never tried to do anything and they see somebody else who's doing that thing either they're jealous of them or they decide oh yeah you know what 
Let me see where I get something from. Let me let me let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Cause I've been in that situation. I've been in that situation since I've been out here. You know, with people. People I'm not even related to. You know? And in essence, I told him in essence, get the fuck out of my face. We ain't no friends. All of a sudden, you know, you see, oh, yeah, you know, you know, you got a nice car and all that. Say you got, you know, a house and all that. Nah, fuck all that. This is 2000 goddamn 18. Excuse my French, B. But I'm tired of this shit, man. Where people had that low self-esteem mentality where they think that, oh, oh a couple, you know, somebody you know who's doing well, that you can't do as well. And you just want to leech off of them so you can go get on the gravy train because of something that they worked that ass off that you didn't. I'm sick of it, man. And that's why a lot of times we can't do shit because we don't try to think big. And I always, my, my, my thing is, I always say this, if you aim low, you're going to stay there. You know? Even with at my lowest point at time, and I had family members doubt me or say, no, you ain't going to do all this, I still aim for something better. I surrounded myself with people who was about that business. You know, my friends told me, you know, man, you know, James Phillips and all of them. I hung out with those guys. Those guys were trying to be about something. You know, they really were. And I I still feel that way to this day. You know, that's part of the reason I started podcasts. That's part of the reason why, I'm, I, you know, I DJ on the side, you know, and do what I do, you know, where I'm at. Because I didn't want to just be somebody who just lived in the neighborhood. I wanted to be somebody who lived in the neighborhood who knew how to do things. But at the same time, they want people to talk about, hey, you think you're better than somebody. So that's one of the reasons why I left. I left home to do better because there was nothing going on. I was, and this is a true story. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, in 1985, I went downtown to City Hall to go see about a job. You know, at the uh, at the word of my mother, see if they had anything available. You know, see if I can get a government job with city. And I tried that, and you know what they told me? Well, we got jobs. Uh, people gonna be hiring at, so they they had me go to this location up, up the street downtown. Guess what they was hiring for? What F- fast food workers? Huh. I was already a fast food worker at the time. Why the fuck would I want to go to another fast food restaurant to work? Really? And city job. Yeah. And uh, at one time, I was on welfare. I ain't gonna lie. I did it twenty at the age of twenty one. I didn't like it. Didn't, didn't give me no money. And I, I went. I walked down there to uh, so, uh, when the office down there. And this young man, this true story, one hundred percent. He was sitting down there. He's looking at his check. He said, man, there's got to be a better way. I said, man, you are so right. And after that, I just, man, I went in the military, got my head all right, you know, took a couple of classes, was in the military, got out, went to raise family for a while, and went back to school, off the military. You know, and I kept on going because I knew what I was doing was not going to be enough for me. You know, this is called survival. You can't survive off of what somebody tell you they're going to help you do. And you can't survive on what somebody else is going to be doing for themselves. 
you gotta be able to how to survive off of what you know and what you can do to build yourself to bring yourself to the table. Because if not, they're gonna keep moving you away from it. And our culture is, you know, it's like if you look at our culture in terms of music and stuff, all these guys talking about the same thing now. Get that car, go out there and make that money, do that work, get a chick. That's it. There's nothing about love. There's nothing about family. You know? There's nothing about hope. These songs don't talk about that no more. That's a lot of the uh, songs in uh, uh, black music don't talk about that anymore. Even from, from R&B arts. You don't hear a lot of it. No, you really don't. You know? It's all about getting it for the here and now. Nothing else. Not building on shit. Which is why I don't like a lot of the modern music out here. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I do not like it. Because of that alone. You know? And you know, people like you say you like the old school music. And there's a reason for it. Because the old school music ain't talking about that same old bullshit you hear every day on the radio. You know? And a lot of the artists back then had their own original ideas, had their own original styles, and had their own original ways of telling stories through their music. These guys today have no real creativity. I'm telling you. And yeah, I said it. Because it's the truth. And you know, some people won't feel some kind of way about it, but I don't care. This is my fucking opinion. And this is the way I feel about it. You know, you're not going to sit there and, and make me change my mind about how I feel about about something like that. Because I'm not pointing out anybody personal. I'm just pointing out what I hear and what I see. I'm not pointing out anybody in particular. But I'm just saying my, my opinion on it. And it is a fact. You can listen to the music and hear the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's what's sad, man. You know, it's a real bummer. But I know some people are like, well, you know, we ain't got no jobs out here. Okay, do what people did back uh, years ago. They created jobs. Okay, how do you think that uh, Tulsa got built by black people before you know white people decided to tear it up and kill our kill our people over there? Because that's what they did. They built, okay, and they created their own jobs. Don't tell me if they did it then, you can do, can't do it now. I don't want to hear it. You know, I got a side little side business doing DJ work, I, my you know my regular thing, and you know allowed me to do something like what I'm doing now. You know, I want to do more of this as well. You know, it ain't much, but right. you know it's it's something where I'm starting where I can say it's mine. You know, and I, and right, and I outright own it. You know, I outright own my own video production company. It's not a big deal, but it's mine. I own my own DJ service. It's not a big deal, but it's mine. I've been doing podcasts for a few years. (laughs) It's mine, you know. And I don't feel ashamed to say that, you know, that I had to work at it, but it's mine. It's something that I built. I didn't necessarily wait on anybody to, 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 to give it to me. I went out here and got it. On my own. By building it. And that's what we got to learn as a culture and as a people, man. Oh, man. So. Yeah. You got anything else? 
No, I, I, I think I said my, spoke my piece. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll probably text you and talk to you later, man. But uh, you take care. I'll, I'll talk to you later on. All right. I'll be talking to you, Dad. All right. I love you. Love you, too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, that's about all I got on it right now. But see, this is another example. Now, I'm going to say this before I get off the area. Both of my parents, I live with both my both of my parents live, live, you know, took care of me and my siblings. My siblings, rather. And we uh one thing I did notice when I was younger, my dad never actually told me he loved me. I've been telling this young man this from birth. And I continue to say that because I mean it. And some people say, Yeah, you can't say that. If you got kids and you really care about your children and you raise them right, like you're supposed to, you're going to feel that way about it. You feel it as important to be uh, in your child's life as important as the air you breathe. That's what real men do. And I do mean real men. Not these, not some of these guys who talk about I'm a real man because I got 10 kids and I'll take care of one. I almost got into it with a guy years ago. He got he got he got upset because he was bragging about he he referred to black women as fertility queens. Even I wouldn't go there. Tell me I got four kids and blah 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 all that else, you know. And I'm thinking you have to be a real simp to refer your women as just fertility queens. He got highly upset about that, and the women who, who were actually on this was on my Facebook page got upset. Because I said that. I'm defending them. And they got upset at me. <laughs> that goes to show you where uh, some black people's priorities are. In the damn toilet. I'm going to be honest about that. It's just the way I feel, man. And like I said, this is just my opinion. I know some people are going to feel some kind of way. Or, but it's, and it's ironic. People can say what they want to say about certain things. And I can say what I say about certain things and not point out any specific person, but then you get mad at me for saying something. Like, oh, we don't need to be saying that. Yeah, we do need to be saying We need an open dialogue about what we're doing wrong in our own fucking communities. Because there's a lot of it we're doing to ourselves. But you don't want to face the music about it. You just want some old miracle-ass guy to just sprinkle a little pixie dust over your community and say, oh, we'll make it all better. Because you're waiting on that handout, waiting on that butter biscuit. It's time we build people. When I see black people buying three, four hundred dollar pairs of shoes lined up at a Foot Locker finish line or one of those outlet stores, you know what's telling me? You ain't trying to build. You're just trying to spend. But you got buying power to build. And I heard black people on a couple of podcasts. And YouTube videos, people who are very popular people, matter of fact, a couple of them, actually got mad because I said that we do have black buying power. We do. That's a fact. When you see those kind of billions of... Look, give you a prime example. Black Panther. Black Panther worldwide made over a billion dollars. And I think they said that the first week out... Uh... 37% of African Americans that went to see the movie the first week. And I think it came up to about 
I think we spent like $76 million came from us in that one week. And we don't have no black spending power. Yes, we do. Having spending power is different from having wealth. I didn't say we had wealth. I said we had spending power that could create wealth. There's a difference. But y'all map tappers don't believe in that. Y'all want to say we's poor. We's poor, but we can build rich. That's a difference. You're right. We're not automatically wealthy. Or many of us aren't. That's real talk. But by the same token, you can build wealth from spending power, from buying power, because you do have that. But I'm sick of the fucking excuses that we make about stuff all the time and expecting everybody to bail you out. We got to start building for ourselves so we can bail our own selves out. Because if you keep on waiting for these people like these lame-ass politicians, both black and white, you're going to continue to be the same dump you were 50 years ago. Wake up. This ain't about being militant or anything, because I know some people, well, you starting to sound like people, white people say BIE. No, this ain't got nothing to do with no BIE. It's about being honest about yourself. Okay? And that BIE thing is a bunch of BS, too, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sorry, it is. You know, that's just a way to label us to keep us, to sh- get us to shut up about how we feel. That's all that's out law. That's a gimmick. I'm still saying that. It is. Because not everybody is what they think everybody is. See, that's the other problem. We let other people control the stereo, uh, 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 control uh, our image through stereotypes. And we should not allow that. You know? The only way we're going to control the stereotyping of us is we built if we build like media where you know we aren't just people who are just getting by. We are people who are doctors, lawyers, police officers, politicians, teachers, okay? To name a few. We are what everybody else is. Regular people. Okay? But you always see us uh, portraying the media in a lot of television shows I watch too. Like I was watching uh, one of my favorite cop shows is Chicago PD. Watch all the time. Great cast. Great storylines. Great action. One problem. 99.9% of the characters on the show are all of people of color, particularly African Americans on almost every episode. But then again, Chicago, you know, there's a good amount of black people in Chicago. But the stereotype is still there. And overall, I've noticed in a lot of shows, too, like I was watching a show on Fox called uh, uh, 911. Okay? It's a great show. Don't get me wrong. It is a good show. But, of course, the stereotype is a strong black woman. One of them is a lesbian. Okay? I'm not talking out of turn by it. Watch the show. You'll see what I mean. The other one is a, a strong black woman who's a cop. And the lesbian is a fire, uh, uh, paramedic, paramedic. And the black husband, uh, who, uh, is married to the cop who's played by my girl, Angela Bassett. I'm gonna tell you, she still finds hell. God damn. Anyway, but her husband 
happened to be a homosexual, okay, who's in love with another dude. And I'm still trying to figure out, wait a minute, dude, you was married for Angela Bassett's character for 14 years, and you want to give her up for a dude? Really? Hell to the gnaw. But this is... And there's another show on Fox called, I forgot, it's an airline show. You guys say it. Only black character on there, and he's gay. All right? It's like when they do put uh, black men on television, the characters are weak. Oh, uh, another show I watch, uh, Brooklyn Nine-One. Oh, uh, yeah, Brook, uh, was it Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine with uh, Terry Crews and uh, Andre Brock. Uh, Andre plays uh, the captain on there. Guess what? He's black, male, homosexual. Get the picture? Now, I don't personally have anything against homosexuals. I had a friend of mine who was homosexual when we were in grade school. Okay? Name David. We were tight, man. No, not that tight. But I'm just saying we were, but we were good friends. We were very good friends. You know, I consider him a buddy of mine. He was. Now, the thing is, I'm just trying to put out a pattern that the mainstream media has created for us all of our life, at least in most of my life that I've seen, where the African-American male comes second place behind his own woman. Yeah, that's a known fact. Check them shows out. See what I'm talking about. Oh, L.A. the Vegas. I think L.A. the Vegas is the one about the uh, black gay, a gay black character who's a. Uh, I guess he works as a steward, a steward is whatever. But, but that's what I'm talking about. You know, there is not on TV right now. I'm talking about mainstream TV, where the majority of the black guys on there are strong black men, or or in lead positions on any of the shows. Now, I ain't talking about like uh, Andre Brown's character on uh, Brooklyn Nine because he plays a, a captain who's gay. I'm talking about strong black male masculine brothers. You don't see that on TV right now. Not on most of the shows. I mean, you do see it, like with Terrence Howard's character on Empire. Not only is he, he but he's a strong male lead, but he's a, a strong male lead with a lot of issues. And on top of that, Guess who we play second field to? Taraji Prehensen. Another babe, but you know, I'm just saying. I'm being I'm just keeping it honest. But I know some of y'all want to dispute it. I don't care. I'm just gonna keep it like it is, and we'll open up a big debate about that if you want. Or power, where the guy, I forgot the guy, um, Mario Hardrick, uh lead character. He's a lead character though, uh, on his show. Um, uh, Power, which is a great show. Don't get me wrong. But of course, he plays a stereotype role of a, uh, a strong black male who's in a lot of stuff. Okay, that's another whole story, you know. But I'm just pointing out a lot of the flaws in mainstream television when it comes to stereotyping black males. No one talks about that though. But you're talking about Monique, then you get paid more money for being uh, a sometime a part-time comedian. You'll get credit for being part-time comedian. You're either a comedian or you're not. And then you wonder why you're not going to get paid. Forget about it. But I'm done talking about that. I just wanted to point that out. So, 
We got to build. We got to stop making excuses. And we got to start uh, getting our own media that shows who we really about in a positive light. All right, guys, this is DJ Wolf. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. I really do appreciate you guys listening. I really do. I mean, that's from the bottom of my heart, guys. And I'm not just saying that, man. I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of followers, and that's fine with me. And I understand that fully. I really do. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I'm fine with that. Um, nevertheless, but, you know, at some point you have to, you have to keep it honest. You have to keep it very honest. All right, guys. Well, this is DJ Wolf. Um, the show you've been listening to is for all to hear. I mean, I'm sorry, DJ Wolf Live. This is, uh, the Live Lit Show. The Live Lit Sunday Show. Let me see my music on Cut it out because I can't hear it. Okay, I love that sound there. Okay, all right. Um, this is the live list show, guys. Um, this Sunday. I'm glad you guys listening in. I appreciate it very much, so guys. I love you all. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, tell you, Arivar, good night. Y'all have a nice night. Um, also, if you have any reason uh, that you don't like what I'm talking about tonight, please, by all means, feel free. Feel free to uh, debate me if you like. Because uh, I kind of feel like I'm talking about it, but I would like to hear your opinions on it. Maybe we could uh, do a a bigger open panel discussion. <sighs> Hopefully, if I can get my blog talk radio right. I don't know what's going on with that, but I'm going to look into it. And when I get that set up, I will uh, get get the call in back. I may work on it tonight. I may work on it uh, sometime this week, but we got to get this going. All right, guys. Uh, give me a holler. Any social show suggestions? Feel free to drop a line. DJ Wolf Live at AOL.com. That's DJ Wolf Live at AOL.com. I can also be reached on my Facebook page, DJ Wolf Live space page. Well, in other words, don't type space, just hit the space bar and hit page. It's DJ Wolf Live page on Facebook. Okay? And also DJ Wolf Live at gmail.com. That's DJ Wolf Live at gmail.com, guys. All right, guys, this your boy DJ Wolf here. I will be doing my daily podcast. I got, actually, I got about six of them I got loaded up. Um, hopefully, I'll get that loaded up soon. Um, but I will be doing more this week. I'll be talking about some of my daily subjects. I want to thanks, thank to, uh, thanks <laughs> to Lil B for participating in this discussion. It's been very refreshing, uh, and I appreciate it. It kept it, kept it going. So, all right, guys, this is DJ Wolf. I'm out. God bless y'all. Have a great week, man. Love y'all. Thank you. Good night. See ya!